This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for primetime. Welcome to Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus and your overall investment, tax, and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And today we have a very interesting program planned for you. You know, last week we actually talked a lot about, uh, last two weeks, we talked a lot about uh, tax-free savings accounts, how they work, the strategies involved with investing inside of them, all the different rules and regulations associated with them. And then how do you use utilize them inside of your estate plan and what's the best process in terms of preparing your tax-free savings account inside of your estate plan. So we have those two guides available. If you'd like to get those, you can call Dominic at any time if you missed the show and you'd like that kind of information. But today we're going to kind of focus on another area, which is RRSPs and RIFs. So in Canada, you have these kinds of accounts. You have a tax-free savings account, which is called a registered account, but it's not a retirement account technically. And then you have an RRSP account, which is SP, which is savings plan, and then you have an RRIF, which is a RIF, which is an income fund. So the difference between the two is pretty simple. In one, you're putting money in, you're saving money. In the other one, you're taking money out. Uh, at the time that you converted from an RSP to a RIF, you don't have to change anything which that is inside of the account. You just start to, you just at the age that you want, and you can start early, but you have to do it by the end of the year you turn 71. You have to convert it to a RIF, and then you will draw out the monies from that particular account. So what you want to do is part of the planning is to have it prepared uh, as you go into mid-60s and uh, if, if you're saving at that point or getting close to retirement, have it kind of set up with the right kinds of investments that produce lots of income so that when you roll it over into income, you can just draw out the dividends and the interest from the investments and it's all set up there for you. So that's an essential um, strategy that you should be using all the time to convert those accounts. So today we're going to talk a, little, a bit about that. Uh, mostly about, um, you know, trying to choose between different types of uh, registered accounts, which one's the best for you. Also joining us today is Nassim Hussein. He's with uh, Horizons ETFs. And what we're going to ask him today is we're going to try to decide between GICs, bonds, dividends, or covered calls. So take an example where you have a lump sum of money. Say you inherited $100,000. Where do you invest that money now? What's the best place is it a GIC? Why would you choose a GIC? Why would you choose a GIC over a bond? Why would you choose a bond over dividends? What's the different risks associated with all those? What about covered calls? They pay the highest income right now. What's the risk associated with covered calls compared to those? What's the after-tax return on all of those? So we're going to get Nassim to answer all those questions there for you. But first, I want to talk about, in, a, you know, in, in terms of what we do here, this is talking about investing in taxes. Now we have, uh, on July the 26th, we have an estate planning seminar coming up, and it's a virtuals. So all you got to do is call in, and Dominique, what she'll do is she'll send you out the invitation, and she'll get you all set up. So all you got to do is uh, push the green button on your computer, and you'll be all 
hooked up with us for the presentation on WebEx. Um, we have, like, part of my team, we have uh, a senior trust advisor, and his name is um, Manish Gashrani, and his job is to talk about different estate planning strategies. So he'll be on with me, and he's going to talk about things like choosing an executor, the duties of an executor. Um, there's a, there's a, a service called um, a, a estate trustee, and you can get some people to help you with uh, being an executor. Um, there's also uh, a, a big portion of estate planning is is prior to death is powers of attorney um, and having those all uh, chose and the kind of people that you want to look at for those particular services. So that those are all important for you. So we're going to go through all of that in this uh, presentation. So if you'd like to register, all you have to do is call Dominic now, one 891 26 37 or wait till after the show and you can get yourself registered. All you have to do is leave your name and number if you go into voicemail. 1-866-891-2637. That's to register for the seminar and it's a workshop on WebEx. It'll run from approximately 11 o'clock in the morning um, till around 12 or 1230. I'll be part of the uh, the program too and I'll be talking a little bit about financial planning and Manish will talk mostly about the estate planning part. So that's uh, 11 o'clock on uh, Wednesday, July the 26th. Okay, here's a question for you. Say you have $10,000 to invest. Should you invest in an RRSP, a tax-free savings account, or pay down your mortgage? Stay right there. I'll be right back to explain. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Prime Demo. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is RRSPs and choosing between RRSPs or investing in a tax-free savings account or paying down a mortgage or any kind of debt that you have. What's the best way to attack all of that? Well, first, let's talk a little bit about an RRSP. What, what, what do you really get there when you're investing in an RRSP? So it's, it's, a, it's an account for retirement. And what happens is, the contributions are made with uh, before-tax dollars. So th- that's a real benefit because what you're going to do is take that money, put it into the plan, and you're going to get a tax deduction be- because of that. So I'm going to get tax back when I put money into this account. If I put money into a tax-free savings account, I don't get money back. It's with after-tax dollars that I put the money into that account. And whatever I make in the tax-free savings account will not be taxed. So it's a different whole perspective there. Then paying down your mortgage is cash flow out of your pocket. Which way do you want that to happen? And there's different factors associated with all of these uh, questions and answers here. So with the RRSP, the the real benefit that you get if you're younger, you have a lot of years of what's called tax-free compounding inside of that account. So when you invest and say you bought uh, the Royal Bank stock, and and we we were talking to Nassim, and it was – $50, $50, and it goes to $70, and it goes to $100, and it went all the way up to $150. All of that growth inside of your RSP is not taxable to you in those years. You only pay tax when you take the money out of it. The other thing you can do with an RRSP is when you uh, get to a point where you're going to convert it, you can split it, and you can do income splitting opportunities. Uh, an RRSP account, another benefit of an RRSP account is it's, there's creditor protection. So if something was to happen in that area where um, you know you had creditors chasing after somebody, they can't go after a person's retirement account, so that's uh, protected there. But some of the, you know, the, the drawbacks to having the RRSP and doing some of the other items would be it, if it's for short term and you're going to need that money out to buy a house, perhaps, that's not a good idea instead of the RRSP. 
You have to take the money out by the time you turn 72. Everything that you take out of the account, you're going to have to pay tax on. Um, you could lose money inside of an RSP account. Say you bought a stock for $10,000 and um, it goes down to 7000 and you sell it and you lose. Um, that'll be a 3000 loss. That's money out of that account. You can't use it against gains. So in your open account, if you lost money, you could use the loss against gains in an open account, but not inside of an RSP account or inside of a, a tax-free savings account. Um, and then on retirement, when you have to withdraw the money, it could boost you up different types of uh, tax levels. And if it boosts you up tax levels, you get clawed back old age security. And uh, on that, the, the whole account is deemed sold and you take it all out. But at the end of the day, because of the the tax benefit up front that you get in the, this year and the compounding, that outweighs most of those other things. And it's a way at the end of the day that the money's put aside and you don't see it and it grows tax-free. And then when retirement, when you're out of a job, you don't have money coming in, you have this pool of money that's going to fund you all the way through retirement. So the first option, in my opinion, in my experience over 25 years is to, to get the best investment to save the most amount of tax right away this year. So if I do the RSP and I had $10,000 to invest and I'm in the 40% tax bracket, I invest the 10,000 in the RSP, I get 4,000 back and I could take that 4,000 and buy TFSA with that. So now I have $14,000 invested instead of just putting the 10,000 right into the tax-free and only have 10,000 invested. See how that all works? And now I have some four savings. I have some money that's gonna provide me for where, when I'm retired that I'm going to have some uh, other source of income besides if, if I ha- potentially would have a, a pension or not. This is money that's saved so that when I um, you know, finally retired, I need to draw income from. This is the, 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 you know, the place that's going to be the, the bulk of us, where we're going to get the money from. So that's the number one thing always is to save tax in the current year that you're in. Okay, so now the rest of it is how do you compare that to a tax-free savings account? Here's the key things that I look at. Number one is... What's the interest rate and the rate of return on my investments? That's going to be a big determinant whether I put it into an RSP, tax-free savings account, or how much I'm going to save on the interest on the mortgage if I pay it down. What's my risk tolerance? If I take it and I'm going to invest it, you know, what's the risk going to be? What if I lose money? That's what, something to consider. What's my marginal tax rate? Um, number two, what's the flexibility of where I put the money? If I put it against the mortgage, now I've paid off that mortgage, if I need some money back, what do I do? I have to remortgage? How do I deal with all of that? Um, what's my situation in terms of saving money? Do I spend everything that I get and I don't save money? Um, maybe it's better to you know, put the RSP, have some savings, and then have to make those mortgage payments as part of my overall strategy of how I do things. And if I had extra money, I know a lot of cases they would spend it, and now I don't have any of the money saved. And then um, at the end of the day, you have to look at... Um, you know, what's going to be coming in for retirement? Do I have money? Do I have some provisions to provide me for retirement? So I would say that those are all the different strategies to do that in terms of analyzing the situation. But help us on the way here. Instead of me just saying that, I, we have put together at RBC Dominion Securities, uh, it, it's called a research report, and it's called Comparing Savings Options. And it goes right into RSP and TFSA, goes into the basics, you know, what the t- uh, contribution room is, how do you take money out? How do you put money in? What's the tax treatment? How much tax do you pay for taking it out? What, what do you have to do on maturity? Um, tax treatment, all of those types of things. Then it looks at the interest rate and rates of return, your risk tolerance, marginal tax rates, flexibility, 
um, all of your personal habits, and it compares each of those. So yet one would, one section says RRSP, the next section says TFSA, the next section says debt. So this, if you're in that situation and you're trying to decide between that, um, this is essential reading. It's only five pages long, and it's all done in point form, and it's done in charts so you can easily read it and understand exactly what's going on. And remember, you also have, um, you know, home buyer's plan that's in there. So we have uh, have a whole section at, on uh, putting money into a home buyer's plan, too, if you're someone younger that's looking to buy your first house. So, again, it's called Comparing Savings Options. So if you'd like to get a copy, all you have to do, of course, on Primetime Money is call Dominique, one 891 2637 That's one 891 2637 And she'll send you out that report, and that gives you all the comparisons that you need to know in terms of should I choose an RRSP or a tax-free savings account or paying down my debt. Okay, stay right there. I have another big question for you. Should you be getting interest from bonds, interest from GICs, dividends from stocks, or returns of capital and dividends from covered calls? Stay right there. Nassim Hussein is going to join us to explain all about that. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. We are back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Nassim Hussein, who's a senior vice president and ETF strategist at Horizons ETFs Management. Hey, good morning, Nassim. Thanks for taking the time to join us here today. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I've been telling clients and I've been telling people on the radio show here for the last couple of months, you know, we've been waiting for these rates for a long time for interest rates that that, you know, when you're investing money, that you know, we've been sitting there for years getting 1%. So now we have, you know, GICs paying 5%. We have bonds paying 5 and 6%. You have stock market that's down a bit, so the yields are up. So now you're getting, um, you know, 4 and 5% uh, dividend rates on, uh, on individual stocks. And covered calls are paying uh, probably the highest out of all those groups. So, so how do you compare the yields when, you know, you're talking with folks and saying, okay, which one should you be choosing out of that group? Oh, that's a wonderful question, and and honestly, asset allocation is one of my favorite topics. And as you said, the yield space, have, the yields have just changed tremendously within the past year. And you know, if we start about kind of that safest asset class, we kind of think about that GIC, that cash. We we kind of look at three different categories. Even within the cash space, uh, we have one called uh, C bill, which looks at zero to three months Treasury bills in Canada. Yeah, and that one's at about four point five percent. Uh, we have a cash ETF, which is, you know, the ticker is actually cash, and it's kind of like the high-interest savings account you see from the banks. And that's a little over 5%, 5.17 right now. And then we have a cash maximizer one that's H-save, uh, and that's five and a quarter. And when we look at sort of Canadian aggregate bonds, you know, by the popular uh, XBB ETF, that's only around 3%. So even on cash, looking at fixed income, even though we've come so far after a painful two years, we really have to look at yield to maturity on, on fixed income before seeing that space is as attractive as cash. And then as you move through that that floating rate space in the fixed income, you're up at the six point uh, 6.45, uh, like on our product, like our HSL. And then, then when we look at the dividend equities, it's a lot lower. You know, you're getting that equity risk and you're seeing something around, you know, 3, 3.7 for Canadian dividend and global dividends will come down sub 2%. And, and you're right, covered calls just really really caught a great bid starting last year and have really been gaining in popularity since since 2010, really, with, with net, net inflows being positive since all the way back then. And up in Canada now, we have 
kind of 17 billion looking at that covered call space. And you kind of highlighted to some of the numbers, but even even asset classes like gold bullion, where it doesn't have a yield, we can use covered call to generate 6% yield through products like our HGY, uh, things like oil and gas covered call are 14%. And even with a new product that we just launched recently, which is covered call banks with a little bit of leverage, we're over 15%, 15.61 is our targeted uh, yield at launch. Like all of your ETFs, Nassim, do they, how do they pay out? they pay out monthly, quarterly, semi-annually? How do they work? Uh, we have 114 ETFs, so it does vary by type. But in, in the, uh, in the covered call space, uh, we found that people are looking for that income, so we do pay it monthly. Okay. And we try and keep that, that number as close to that as we can. Obviously, if the securities pay a little bit less, we'll, we'll do what we can to keep that yield there. We'll try and write a little bit more. We'll try and find some more juicier premiums to keep that yield there. But a lot of investors do get comfortable with that yield, and we do our best to, to deliver that yield. Yeah, if I, I would be very comfortable getting 15%. That's, that's a comforting kind of thing these days, that's for sure. Um, now, when, you, when you're investing in, in covered calls, it's, it's, it's a conservative strategy, but you're kind of giving away growth here to get the current income, you know, using the, the option strategy on there. What, the markets, and in our opinion, in our, the show, we, we're kind of of the opinion the market's going to go up. Why would you buy the covered call and give away some of the potential growth and for the income today? Well, without question, we've had a lot of history proving that markets do go up over time, so I'm not surprised that, that you and the listeners are all in that phase of, of thought. And and you're right, there is there is a risk that if the market goes up very quickly, and that's kind of the distinction, if it goes quickly, we can get called away, or more likely we'll cover those options and and stay stay invested uh, the strategy we use here is we'll write on a maximum of 50% of the fund. And so that is, you know, if we get a really crazy update on the market and all our options get called away, you're still exposed to 50% of that growth. Uh, our traders are active. We're looking at those opportunities. We're watching the statistics, you know, and, and trying to make sure that those don't happen. We will, you know, reduce or expand our positions when we see that market sort of taking off. We'll, we'll take off those positions and, and try and maximize that upside. And in different strategies like energy or gold, that 50% number is even less. It might be 25 or, or even a th- just a third of the fund mm-hmm. because we know investors want that, that higher upside participation. Yeah. So now is a strategy used to counterbalance that, to leverage some of it? Is that a strategy? Well, th- this is a theme that's lightly levered or enhanced a um, suite of products that we've started to see issues come out, including ourselves most recently. Is, is to borrow another 25 cents for every dollar an investor puts in, and we buy that same covered call ETF. So you're now getting 1.25 kind of exposure to that space, okay. which means you'll get a little bit more return, whether it's up or down, and you'll get a little bit more yield as well. And so that's that's been very attractive, and it's kind of a, a wonderful way to understand where that yield is coming from. With, with products that are based on equal weight banks in Canada, you know that banks have a nice high yield, kind of in that 5% range, and then you're adding some leverage, so you, you, intuitively you can understand how you get to you know six seven percent, and uh, and then you write those covered calls, and now you're starting to get through that ten percent all the way up to that fifteen percent level. Okay. So you really want to make sure that income is coming from somewhere, and you're not seeing you know a lot of your invested money come back to you as in the form of return of capital. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is you know it's nice to hear that I'm getting in this you know thirteen to fourteen percent, but am I getting my own money back? And that's an important point there, Nassim. Um, you know, one, one area that, that we've been looking at, and I, you know, I, had a, I did a WebEx presentation uh, yesterday, and we talked about there's a big divergence between you know, what's happened with the, um, 
you know, the general market and then what's happened with dividend stocks and dividend payers and, you know, banks and insurance companies are in that, that category, right? And there's a gap there for, the, you know, a wide gap, wider than normal. How do you play that recovery when, you know, in Canada, we only have a handful of uh, banks and a handful of insurance companies. How do you play the recovery of banks and insurance companies here? For sure. Uh, you know what? Uh, my background, I spent uh, 13 years at the uh, Royal Bank, so I definitely watch that stock uh, still quite frequently. And when I think of last year's highs around 150, and, and now we're kind of at the 127 level today, you know, the damage that was done by rapid hikes has been done and kind of complete, in my opinion. So I do like that you're looking at the space and sort of thinking about how to approach it. And, and I kind of look at it four different ways. Uh most recently, we just launched our ticker HBank, HBNK, which just buys all six of the Canadian banks uh, in an equal weight. And what we've done is we said you can have it for 0% MER all the way till July of next year. You know, and that's, here you go, here's a free way to get it. We want to get in this space. We think this is an opportunistic time to launch, you know, when the banks are down. And then even after that time next year, we'll be the lowest priced at nine basis points. So we think that's just the nice, easiest way to get exposure to your banks. If you have one or two banks in your portfolio, it's a great way to kind of diversify to the rest. Uh, second, going back to that leverage, we, we like this space where we can just get that extra 1.25 leverage to the banks. You know, it's not too much leverage, it's a little bit more to get that more performance and that more yield. So for people who are looking at it, it's a great way to kind of rotate and ride, ride the recovery. And then, of course, no surprise with the conversation on covered calls. Uh, I, I really like it because banks typically kind of grow slowly over quarter. And, and that's really where covered calls shine, where you get that upside. You write your, your options outside of that kind of window where they're going to ex- get exercised. So you get that income. You get that market participation. And uh, it's a really great way to go. And then the fourth way with the product that we just you know, launched today, uh, BKCL, gives you that covered call on the banks. And it's lightly levered giving you that 15.6% targeted yield. So those are kind of the four ways that I would see investors could really play this this bank recovery. Wow, that's basically every angle in the seem to uh, take care of those, the banks. Yeah, that's tremendous. I, I know you're busy. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. And if you could pass along that information, we'll post it up on uh, primetimemoney.ca in the, in, the, in the money section, and we'll post those, especially those, if you could send over those uh, four ways to play the bank uh, recovery, that would be tremendous. That would be my pleasure, and thank you so much for including uh, Horizons in your in your podcast. All right, you take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was Nassim Hussein. He's a senior vice president and ETF strategist at Horizons ETFs. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by... Horizons ETFs. Okay, that blew by fast. Just give Dominic a call to get a copy of this week's guide or to register for the seminar at 1-866-891-2637. Or if I spoke too quick, just go to primetimemoney.ca. That's our website and everything is on there. You guys have a great week and we'll see you next time right here at 10 o'clock on Sunday. I'm Richard Infantino and this is Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.